Hello, 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 and welcome once again to The Orbit, episode 10. Can you believe it? Double digits 10. I'm your host, Azrael, Azrael as it gets, joined as always by my fellow Eternal Orbit teammates and co-hosts, Mr. Exiles Rhythm and Mr. Rude Clouds. What's up? Gentlemen, how the heck are you? Doing well, doing well. How are you doing today, Az? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm uh, I'm still fighting a cold, so my my voice is a little scratchy. My my um, I'm gonna try not to surprise cough into the mic, but other than that, I, I'm doing well. Um, got to to play. I've actually got to play some Hearthstone for the first time in a couple of days. The last two days, which uh, which I I wasn't really in the mood to play because I wasn't feeling very good since. Oh my god. Yeah, since the uh, since the rotation or since the rotation since the reset. So I finally got to play the last couple of days and uh, and having fun experimenting with or playing with some some something that isn't rogue warrior <laughs> or bomb hunter so but we'll get to that later how, uh how no. have you guys been i've been doing well over here um i had a super annoying latter day on saturday it was one of those days where you spend like seven hours trying to climb mm-hmm. and you end up in the exact same position that Oof. you started at Oof. uh yeah never the dream so mm-hmm. that wasn't very fun but since then we've put in some positive work i'm hanging at rank i believe yeah rank two one Nice. Uh, right now so nice. successful in that vein i'm still still digging the pally which is which pally you playing? Pick. <laughs> uh the secret uh secret mech pally nice it's definitely the one pally out of the hundred games that people play that they say hey i face paladin <laughs> <laughs> uh which is always nice and it does well against warrior and nice. that's really my only excuse to play at this point <laughs> what about you so, yeah. what have you been up to uh so Played two days of Hearthstone this week, Monday and Tuesday, about two and a half hours apiece. Mm-hmm. The first stream I ended because I played against the second warrior of the day. The Then yesterday I ended my stream because I played against the first warrior of the day. <laughs> now what you should be taking away is that that's five hours of Hearthstone and only three warriors. I'm doing something right. Yeah, yeah clearly. What, whatever garlic clove Hearthstone <laughs> version that you found to ward off the warriors... Um, if you could patent that and like bottle it, you'd you'd make a fortune overnight on eBay. Let yeah. me let me help you out. Just play a deck with a bunch of death rattles in it, and then the matchmaker <laughs> won't put you against warrior. There you go. Hmm. Interesting. Almost Tempo like there's high. an algorithm <laughs> that somehow um, is in play. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, so so what else is going on, guys? I mean, uh, there's not there's not a, a a whole lot going on in the, the Hearthstone world in general right now. I mean, we're we're pretty well settled into uh, into the expansion. We're going we're starting week five now of the expansion. Um, it looks like um, as far as tournaments since Worlds ended, there isn't really a whole lot. There's one little tournament. Um, the uh, was it the esports arena? What's the title of it? Esports arena. Yeah, esports arena Hall of Heroes. That's the one. There was one that little tournament, which um, a little side note about that, which we'll get into more later. Um, there were twelve professional contestants. Um, it was a specialist style tournament. Nine of the twelve decks that were entered were all rogue. Go figure. <laughs> um, but we'll uh, we'll dive a little bit more into that when we when we kind of talk about what's going on with the meta. But just a side note on that, I, uh, it sounds like Zalay won, and he won with a very standard kind of. Temp Rogue and a couple variations of it. So congratulations to him. I think the top prize in that was two thousand um, dollars. So so good on him. Yeah, it was two thousand dollars. I just checked. 
Um, he beat yeah. Firebat, who got second place um, with also playing Rogue, um, who uh, took fifteen hundred bucks. So, yeah. other than that, I mean, there's not a whole lot going on in the Hearthstone uh, like scene at large. Yeah, um, a lot of what's happening right now is either to come or has already happened, mm-hmm. um, which is going to be that's kind of my own little allusion to the upcoming our, our sort of main piece of the the meat of the show. Um, where yeah, there's been a couple things uh, between one. There's some new content coming out with Hearthstone, which is always exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was also an earnings call that uh, Blizzard had just to go over quarter one. And I know earnings calls normally aren't something that people are like at the edge of their seats for, but it's exciting when it provides context to things like the way Blizzard is viewing Hearthstone right now right. and the decisions that they're making because of it. So, so yeah. We're in sort of a, a weird state because as we brought up on the, and we'll bring up later during our 10 minute meta, um, it seems like, you know, we're getting to the point where things are starting to stagnate with Hearthstone. Mm-hmm. Um, Already. From a certain level. Yeah, exactly. So Four weeks in. So, yeah. Yeah, it took, it took Genin Baku like eight weeks to stale the meta. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, the interesting thing about Genin Baku, though, is I think Genin Baku created a lot more. Ironically, I'm I'm defending get, uh, Baku being back in the meta, but I think yeah. it created a lot more opportunity because it made classes viable that otherwise wouldn't have been just because the power of yeah. its ability to adjust your your hero power. So interesting how um, how losing something as as bad for the game can also be bad for the game. <laughs> it's like it's like when you kill all the mosquitoes in a forest, how it crushes the ecosystem. You know? Yeah, exactly. When you kill the mosquito that is Baku. <laughs> it's a big mosquito. Wow. <laughs> she kind of looks like one though, Ooh, let's be yeah. honest. That's a wow. that's a really great analogy though, like yeah. I like that a lot. Um Yeah. Well here, and I'm good getting into the meat of it because I think, you know, this will give us something to address a little bit and sort of our thoughts on where Hearthstone is right now. One more thing and, before and, we dive into the, oh, into the meat though. Um yeah. the Twitter poll, my friend. You didn't mention the Twitter ah, poll. Yes, the Twitter poll. Uh, thank you for bringing this up because I remembered earlier today, I always forget to mention it and I have to be reminded at the start of every show. <laughs> and so I'm keeping the streak alive. <laughs> um, so yeah, everyone here, if you're new to the show, um, we do something every week for The Orbit where we'll ask a poll, uh, we'll ask a question on our Twitter account, uh, twitter.com slash eternalorbit.gg. And it will, uh, it'll be an open poll for people to answer how they feel about a certain subject. And then that's running throughout the show. We look back at it later on to, to see what people said and, and sort of react from there. So this week's poll um, is going to be based off of the news that kind of they brought up already with the solo content that's coming out maybe next week, maybe the week after. Who knows? Uh, which is how often do you play Hearthstone single player content? So just, and this is out of pure entertainment, not like, you have a quest and you have to do it to get your pack or whatever. This is just, hey, you open up the client and you say, you know what? I feel like playing Dungeon Run today. Right. How often does that happen? So uh, we actually have a pretty, uh, a little bit more of a varied result than I expected, to be honest, uh, as it stands. That's mm-hmm. going to be my tease for now because we'll return to it at the end of the show. Um, but it's not entirely going the way I expected. So that's interesting. <laughs> I think you'll be particularly surprised, Eric, at how I voted in the poll. But I can't wait I think, to hear. Well, you that. told us. You told oh, us what you're doing certain times while you're <laughs> offline, uh, which is cursing out and saying, "I'll never play solo content." Uh, <laughs> getting like the tattoo design and everything. Look, very proud of it. Right here, right here on the wrist. 
Never so. And then on the knuckles. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, please vote. I put the, the link in the chat for anyone who is uh, here live with us. If you are interested, we'll be very interested to see what you have to say about this because I clearly did not gauge the room appropriately. Yep. And then after uh, after we're done talking about the solo content, we're going to move into our 10-minute meta segment, which we started last week, to follow, and followed up by the deck dive segment. And we're also going to do another coaching corner this week. The idea is eventually we're going to... Um, slot socket but i don't think i should say slot sock on stream uh, we're gonna sl- <laughs> we're gonna socket these segments into uh into and out of the episodes as appropriate so mm-hmm. um, obviously we're always gonna have the main story but we might not have a coaching corner three weeks from now yeah. but we might have two decks to deck dive again just a reiteration if you didn't see episode nine mm-hmm. how we're going to be doing it moving forward just for complete clarity and fidelity. Without further ado, I want to hear about this solo player content because you guys spoiled how I voted, which is I'm always playing that shit. I'm always playing that stuff. I love it. So <laughs> shocking to me. <laughs> Probably the biggest shock of all, honestly. Uh, but yeah, let's let's get right into let's it. Do it. Um, so yeah, to set things up really quickly. Um, so Blizzard has officially announced that... Um, oh, here, give me actually one moment. I literally have my note ready. and Turn I scrolled roll, please. Like, yeah, this is all about drum rolling. Um, <laughs> so the big news is solo content essentially as its release date out. Um, the name of... Wait, no, I'm on the wrong part still. <laughs> These notes are all over the place. There we go. <laughs> Scroll down, my friend. The... I'm scrolling. We have an announcement of... of an announcement is what we have. Yeah. Well, yes, but we first do. we had the announcement announcing that this announcement was going to be announced. That's not even a joke. This yeah, is not was... a meme. I, I was Guess just going to say, it. it sounds like you're, you're kidding, but you're being totally serious. They announced last week, before, just before we were going to film last week, they announced yes. that they were going to announce this week more information, which was an announcement that there will be more information coming next week, which may or may not coincide with the release of the actual content. Eric, can you there tell me are. what's going on, please? Thank please. You. It's very thematic. We wanted to make sure that I knew what I was doing. Everyone knew it. And so we're perfectly on the same page that it's just a lot of build-up hype. So here's the thing. There's going to be a new highly replayable adventure um, that they have announced is most likely to be called The Showdown in Dalaran. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was such a drum roll because we should now be be looking. Oh, know, God. Should... Oh, wow. Oh, God. Ooh. I screwed it up. Get that out of here. Get that See, out of here. On the podcast, the split there we go. Next <laughs> crashed. Anyways, the showdown in Dalaran, like we always plan to announce. Um, so yeah, this will be a part one of a three-part story, which is super interesting because they've never really, they've done adventures in the past, mm-hmm. but they've never done a singular story told across three separate expansions, which is what this will be. It's going to be following the villains of Hearthstone. Um, They're going to be fighting in Dalaran. Who knows if they're going to win or lose. The next expansion adventure will be based off of that. Um, And so on and so forth till the end of the year. Uh, Each chapter for this, think of a chapter as the wings before with like Nax Ramis and Blackrock Depths. So they're calling these chapters. Each chapter will cost 700 gold. um, And you can buy the entire... There'll be five chapters. So you can do it just for whatever, 3,500 gold. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can also pay $20, kind of like, again, very parallel to the old adventures that used right. to exist. I think it's the same um, price, the price scale, actually. I, I Right? Okay. That's, I believe it is I exactly the that, same. But I was also like, I don't want to do more research. That's not, that's not what I'm here. I'm the talent and the look. Um, 
Anyways, if you finish a chapter, you'll gain three uh, Rise of Shadows packs. And if you finish the entire full adventure, um, you'll get a card back and a golden classic pack, which we have not actually seen in a while. Kind of cool. Um, last time I think that happened was probably seven, eight months ago. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they had that promotion on Twitch. Um, I don't remember how it worked, but if you linked your Twitch account and then they had something else where you would get a golden classic pack. Yeah. Then I mean, you can have- subscribe to your favorite Ezreal as it gets for free one time each month. <laughs> yeah that one oh, um, and so the only the biggest difference between the old adventures and this one is the fact that when you complete a wing you won't get a card that's sealed off or anything mm. instead it's just packs um, so right. you may get a card but you also may get the same five in a row right um, which you know is what it is but a golden pack is interesting um, as you can see by the graphic to our left here I believe if I can properly my left screen's right <laughs> um there's uh there's going to be an event that we're not really sure if it's the official release yet or just another tease. Mm-hmm. Um, but from May 14th to 15th, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific time, they're going to take 12 Hearthstone content creators, um, and it's going to be a, a duke em out battle showdown to see who can win. Uh, I don't know if it's the most games in a row. I don't. They haven't even really done that. But this is, as we mentioned, a tease within a tease within a tease. So T-section. Um, if anything, at least it's a super cool graphic. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the breakdown. What I want to do, now that you've all heard me explain this perfectly, um, is get everyone's thoughts here. How do you all feel about this switch from, you know, we were just doing a bunch of different types of dungeon runs for the past few expansions. Mm-hmm. They're going back to adventures and making it, again, this little bit of a payable experience. Um, how do you how do you kind of feel about that? And do you think that the, the this commitment they're making to PvE is uh, is really, you know, that it's, it's kind of the, the right direction to go in? Well, I'll go ahead and jump on this first. I, I loved the adventures, the solo adventures. Like, there's still times where I want to like go back and create a new account just to do the tutorial, just because it's mm. fun. Like, Blizzard has a really good way of like telling stories and making solo content. They're really good at. It. They've defined the genre in solo content in a lot of games. Um, so I trust their ability to make a good product. Um, I'm curious to see how replayable it's going to be. Um, when they say that without being a dungeon run, because the dungeon run we've seen in three basic versions now. We've seen the, the the actual dungeon runs, the original OG dungeon runs from from Kobolds. We've seen the uh, Monster Hunt from Witchwood, and then we've seen the um, we've seen the um, Roscon Rumble from from yeah. Roscon's Rumble, right? And they they're all basically the same design with different spins on it. Um, I look at the. I think back at the, the the content prior to that, uh, or I look at the the, the Boomsday um, puzzle content, and I wonder how you can make content like that truly replayable without it being like a dungeon run. So I'm curious. I'm actually very curious and, and kind of excited to see how it works, but I'm hesitant to wonder how interesting it's going to be if it deviates too much from the stuff that we know in the past has worked. If it's going to be similar to that, I'm curious how they're going to make it fresh every time, but if it's going to be different, who knows? But I know I've bought this 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 kind of content in the past, and I will buy this, and I will definitely try it for sure. Yeah, X. What about you? Well, first I want to. I just want to talk about how upset I am. Like when Blizzard said they were going to talk to the community more, <laughs> be in better communication with the community. I didn't think that they meant they were going to announce the release of new solo content bef- when at the same time they release the expansion, then hype it up again at expansion release, then say after a week after expansion release that the following week there's going to be more uh, 
more information only to say two weeks after that we're gonna yeah yeah it, it feels like a... so much communication <laughs> right <laughs> Can we get some ad, uh, can, we, can we get some X rages in chat, please? It's uh, it's yeah. funny because it, it it definitely feels like it's a bit of a drawn out tease, um, and I, I'm curious as to why it's taking so long. Normally, like solo content comes out pretty solidly like three weeks after an expansion, and we're pushing the fifth week, six weeks by the, by the time this actually may come out. Now it would be yeah. interesting if at the 14th and 15th they kind of like do this whole like feature thing of it and they release it what probably the week after that's realistic so we're gonna wait seven weeks for the solo content yeah it feels like sometimes blizzard is specifically trying to drive people away from their game the only thing that i was able to find refuge in during the period of that was known as the tyranny of gen and baku was the solo <laughs> adventure of rastic and rumble and uh kobolds and catacombs dungeon room yeah. right sorry didn't like the witch hunt uh, monster hunt but right. um oh. only place i was able to find solace in the game because i still do love digital trading or collectible card games trading card games and now they're just like just we said we weren't going to use that euphemism analogy <laughs> uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's just been just rubbing me all the wrong ways yeah know? well and here's something because again that we've all kind of brought up like you know how is this going to be replayable what could they possibly do to make this where this is something that fills up the expansion and that we're maybe going to want to return to. Um, my my biggest thought, and it actually part of our poll on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, this was answered by someone else, Ashbury, um, is that they have to make a gold incentive somehow. Um, yes. it, it could be as minimal as complete a run, get 10 golds, and then that can only be maxed out to three times a day. Mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of my base. And it could be instead maybe five times a day or something. Um, but if they really want to make PVE a competitive alternative to PVP in people's mind space, um, it can't just be, you know, you finish the run, you get your card back, and then you do it out of just the enjoyment. Um, right. It's it's not a way to make it sustainable and really this highly replayable, uh, yeah, highly replayable model. What do you right. guys think? I agree. I actually think that's a really good suggestion. They either give you, like, on the reg, a way to get packs by doing it, or mm. the gold. I don't. I don't like the the model. I don't like the current gold model of you get ten gold for every three wins. That's <laughs> ridiculous. I've never liked yeah. that. I mean, it's funny that I'll play. I'll play this game for four or six hours at a day, and and um, and you invest all that time to get a to get one pack of cards. It's 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 it's. it's I've never liked that. Like, and I don't want to. Yeah. Even if I really enjoy this whole content, I don't want to feel obligated to have to grind it out every day for three because then you've got what you're gonna play 30 to 50 games of hearthstone a day to get your to get your 100 gold that way and then you're gonna play another what 30 to 50 dungeon run games to get your to get your gold that way it feels way too grindy for way too little reward you know make it something easy like hey if you complete a dungeon run you get 10 gold and you can do that three times a day done because i mean are you going to spend more than six hours playing the single player content come on I think yes. I, I think they can tone it down a little oh, bit. Wow. <laughs> I think you can tone it down a little bit and just put a cap on it. So that way, if you want to do it more, you can, but you but you don't feel like you're incentivized to do it in order to get gold. Yeah. Or like dependent on, I should say. That's my take. But I like the idea also of like having, hey, you know, if you do if you do three runs in a day, you just get a pack of the latest expansion. I think that's also fair. Yeah. And if people feel more incentivized by that, honestly, than the gold. Like, mm-hmm. There's plenty of gold quests I'll pass up, but my psychology, when I see a pack show up on the quest screen, I'm like, you know what? 
I hate to bother my friends while they're in the middle of the game, but I'm going to do it purely because I want to get a pack. I'm a guy that has literally all of the cards, and I still do those. Because <laughs> it's just good value. It's like it's dumb not to do it. Yeah. What about you, X? Yeah. As far as with the... Uh, Incentivization. As as with, yeah, I think that the best thing that they could do is add, add something to the game in, in a way to get five gold. Because you can get five gold in arena, and then you'll be stuck That's with the end of your yeah. gold number until you have another unlucky run where you get seventy-five gold from your six-win run instead of eighty gold. Excellent point. And, oof. Just need a way to round that number off. It's so odd and not ending with a zero. It's tough for me. Um. And yeah, either way, I am still excited for this. I did. We're not going to delve too deep into it because there is more information about this event. But right. considering that we will be talking about this in future episodes, um, we don't want to just you know jump out the gate and have nothing left. Um, but yeah, I, I think if anything, I like the fact again that they're just going back to storytelling, and it should be interesting to see how they try to pull this off. Because um, kind of tr- getting ready to transition into this next segment, Blizzard does need. Um, that engagement. Blizzard does need people to feel attachment to kind of what they're putting out and having the content that they're pushing be successful. Um, it's time for me to put on my suit and switch this on over to the earning call that Blizzard had. Quarter 1, 2019. I, I can't make this any more sexier for you folks if I tried. Um, first off, very cool graphic. Was happy that we found that. Um, but uh really here's here's the big things and note that came from the call this is going to be mostly just to provide context for what our main discussion will be for this part um but we'll we'll knock through it real quick um so a few things first off they mentioned that rise of shadows has had more engagement than the past two expansions that have come out so both rastacon's rumble and boomsday project that doesn't mean too much in my opinion because of the fact that Witchwood was the expansion that came out before that, and that was a rotation, the same way that this was a rotation expansion where they, you know, there was the most shuffle that had happened in a very long time. It makes sense that it would perform better than the last two expansions, but not necessarily Witchwood. Um, Next up, the monthly active users for all of Blizzard's franchises dropped from 35 million to 32 million um, over the last quarter, which is a pretty steep drop between just a a quarter, three months of um, of a calendar year, dropping 3 million subscribers is... Definitely not the direction that Blizzard's trying to go in. Mm-hmm. Um, and really the last final note for what they they emphasized here that I've kind of we alluded to earlier, their number one goal is increasing the flow of frequency, the flow and the frequency of in-game content and upfront releases. Basically, they're saying we need to push more content. What we're doing right now is not working. Um, and they're backing it up by saying that they're planning to add 20% more developers across all of their front, uh, franchises, which includes Hearthstone. Right. Um, so again, this is a sign of them saying every every company wants to do better, but this is a sign of them recognizing, uh, you know, what's not going well, and they're having a plan of attack. So, um, what yeah, exactly? Just j- just to clarify for the listeners and the viewers, what do they mean when they say engagement? Uh, great question. Um, so engagement will just be monthly. I mean, I don't want to talk too out of my butt, so please <laughs> stop me if I'm if I'm not because I was not prepared. But I'm assuming just you know it's monthly action. It's it's every time someone will log into Hearthstone and do a um, thing. Exactly. Got it. Um, or you know, cop onto Overwatch and play a game. Right. Uh, that sort of thing. Um, I think so yeah, an, I think it's a very succinct way of putting it, just so people know what that means. It's a fancy way of saying are people playing the game or not? Exactly. Um, 
And then this next section, before we really break down and digest what this all is about, um, is just going over some brief Twitch statistics for Hearthstone as a whole and kind of viewership, uh, the average viewership, if you will. Um, so this is a breakdown of what the past three years have looked like for April. Um, starting in April 2017, when Journey to Angoro came out, Hearthstone was averaging uh, a little over 74,000 viewers a month. Um, then April 2018 with Witchwood, it went down to 59,000, close to 60, which mm -hmm. is a 19% drop. And then finally this past year, or this past month, I should even say, with Rise of Shadows, it dropped down to 47, almost 48,000, which is a 27 or 20% drop, but over two years, a 35% drop. This is all coming from Sully Gnome, which is a trusted website with statistics when it comes to Twitch. So um, I put the link in there just for anyone who's interested and wants to verify. Um, what this really says is what uh, is what kind of lines up with with the Blizzard's earning call. Uh, the fact that engagement is down, and it has been down for a little bit of time, especially with Hearthstone, but I think is Blizzard for a company as a whole, um, they have been in a little bit of a rut. Um, the reason that we bring all this up <laughs> is again we all play this game mm -hmm. uh we're all invested in it and we're all invested i think in a couple titles when it comes to to blizzard Absolutely. in the first place um so the first thing is we wanted to kind of step out of our shell of hearthstone for the first time i think in the orbit's history mm -hmm. and start to expand broader into um into you know you know other topics going on and the first way that we wanted to address it was with this earnings call and bring up why do we think blizzard itself is having you know this this situation that they're in right now, do you think that it is associated with the the frequency and the flow of content that they're pushing? Do you think there's other factors involved? Are they addressing it properly? Like where do you where do you start with that thought? Honestly, when did we start believing Blizzard again? Because if we did stop, right. they just laid off what was it? Fifteen thousand eight hundred? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was much more than that. It was a community lot. Yeah. community managers for Hearthstone in particular. Hmm. And now yeah. they're saying they're going to add 20% more developers and increase the amount of content after getting rid of all of these community managers. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. It sounds like they just gave us a big fat flaming duke of a lie. Right. I I can't I can't believe that. Either that or it's just like the owner is not talking to the I don't know. There's no communication. There's a bunch of immorality and unethicality going on and I just don't like it. It sounds it feels like it feels to me like Blizzard is trying to business up the business space with their businessing instead of <laughs> giving a crap about the people right because and we know we've seen this model in the past where we're when companies especially big box triple a game companies start to care more about the bottom line what happens mm -hmm. star wars knights of the old republics and now we're talking mm -hmm. about you know loot boxes being illegal in germany you know right. what i mean absolutely uh, so blizzard's going the same way and we see all these warning signs I yeah mean, next I would I would have to I would have, I would have to reiterate some of the points that you made like it's important to pay attention to this stuff because it's a reflection of what the the company's focus is going to be and when they show a 35% loss of engagement uh, you know, this is a Twitch statistic. This isn't a statistic about people logging into the game. We don't necessarily have access to that other than the statistic that we talked about before, which is 32 million versus 35 million. But what mm -hmm. this means is that people, people tend to watch what they find interesting, what they're, what they're doing, what they're playing, because they want to get better at it or they want to watch people that play it better than them. Uh, just like why we watch pro football or pro basketball, or pro hockey. We watch it to watch these, these people play a game that we understand that we enjoy watching doing, doing it at, at the pro level. When people lose interest in that, that affects the bottom line, yeah. right? And when the bottom line gets affected, then the company starts making decisions based on recovering that expected 
profit margin that they've lost. And when they start doing that, you're at risk of losing player experience in favor of company profits. And that's where the danger comes in. So it's important to keep an eye on this, um, this statistic for that reason, because it gives us a kind of a litmus test of where the company's focus might be at. Um, no. The question I, I think here is like, is, is the solo content going to be enough to raise some of that? I think it will be for the casual player. And if it's done in a way that will make it interesting for the streamer to produce, I think we'll see these numbers reflect that. But mm. overall, I think that, and I, I, I've, I've, I've said this before, I love this game, right? But I've said this before that I feel like a lot of the times that the decisions that they make as a company are often irrespective of what um, a lot of the player base wants. And, you know, we talked about this when we were doing card reveals and it's like, why are they releasing Mass Resurrect when so much so much of the community is like vocally against cards like that and yet they mm-hmm. keep producing them, you know, and that's just one example of how it seems like they talk out of both sides of their mouth where they're like, you know, Peter Whalen will go on, will go on a, uh, an announcement and be like, yeah, we want to take the game in a different direction. So, but Kenabaku had to go because we were tired of the sameness of the meta. And then they release immediately in the same announcement information saying this, this card that does the same thing that they've been doing comes out. It just feels like there's a disconnect. So it's important to pay attention yeah. to this kind of information because it reflects kind of where their mindset is at. Yeah. And, um, yeah, two two big points that I really want to hit on when it comes to this. Um, the first one is, and even was mentioned in chat, but kind of like resting on their laurels. Like, I think one of the biggest issues that Blizzard has had, from my perspective, mm-hmm. is the fact that it really hit a home run, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And the idea that they have not been able to keep up with those that that home run pace. We've seen a lot, like Knights of the Knights of the Frozen Throne was the most successful expansion for Hearthstone in its history. Um, and I think you can say a lot of that is because of just the name association. It rung true for anyone who played during World of Warcraft uh, during mm-hmm. that lore tie. Like, hey, here's something that I can associate with that was such a big positive. Like, it's recognized as one of the best expansions, if not the best expansion in a lot of people's minds. Yep. Um, so this idea that they have this content and even take it to, to cards, these old cards that they like the mechanics of or they were successful or at least they know that they had an impact mm-hmm. and they keep going back to that to kind of mine for more. Um, Overwatch is really the biggest example I think you can point to in Blizzard history where they had something new and they crushed it. Yes. Um, absolutely blew it out of the park. But if you take Overwatch out of the equation and you put fresh ideas, whether it's in the space of, of you know, Hearthstone cards, um, you know events things like that it's been a it's been a little more dry and so you have to wonder if they have the ability to keep up with these things or if they may have to just retread older concepts um big hits that people you know the fan favorite stuff and and that's how they really survive and that's how a company kind of falls off is you know even that gets too samey so um Mm -hmm. that was my first point i can't remember my second point um, well, to buy you a moment, um, something yeah, I want please. to interject in there about sameness is like there's an interesting article that came out by uh, or an interview that came out about with Calento, and I'm not going to talk about the entire article here, but um, I will link it in chat when I'm done talking about it. But it's interesting because Calento, who is a renowned Hearthstone player, one of the best in the world, um, he basically said that hey, this expansion that was supposed to shake things up and take a different direction is essentially more of the same, and. Um, it hasn't really shifted the meta a whole lot. And I think that's, and there's a danger to that, right? Like the, the, there's a scariness to that um, because 
if we keep having the same thing over and over and over, people are eventually going to get bored of it. You know, um, we've talked about this before, and I'll reiterate it again. You know, maybe the answer for keeping things fresh and, and it isn't, you know, just putting out new solo content or you know, new tournament modes. Maybe it's just changing up what is the meta, right? Like what, like like um, like Kibler's suggestion of just having a rotating standard deck, or like what they're doing in arena. And you know, we talked about that. We postulated this before when they when we talked about the rotating arena meta. Maybe that's an, a prototype for what they want to do with the standard meta. Um, yeah. But. When you have the same like two sets that are the base cards that never change, and then the other cards change a little bit, you're gonna have a guaranteed sameness. And I think players are getting to a point where that's kind of getting boring to them. Yeah. Um, if I can put in one last thought, and then uh, sure. I remembered, and then X, if you want to step in, um, I think Blizzard is doing the right job by recognizing what their fault is. Mm-hmm. They're not reacting quick enough. Um, it is completely right of them to put even though it comes at the sacrifice of, as X mentioned, community developers or community managers, it is absolutely right to put the power back into content creation and pushing Mm -hmm. that content for people to digest. Not just with Hearthstone, but Overwatch, um, they pointed to as a major reason those 3 million players fell off from the 35, Mm -hmm. um, is because they specifically pointed to the fact that their content creation was stagnant for Overwatch. And that's that's brutal to have to admit that in an earnings call to investors. Um, Between that, uh, Hearthstone, as we all know, content creation we we don't really see much outside of weekly tavern brawls mm-hmm. um and then every expansion in between that though i can't think of much they're trying to start with these adventures like hey maybe now we can break up the cycle where there's ways to keep people we release an expansion a couple weeks go by people get a little bit bored then we flush a little or then we drip a little bit more content like these adventures in right. that gets people back interested and then maybe who knows before you know next expansions around that could be their strategy and why they've delayed the um the whole adventure that that we're about to see you know within the next two weeks i would say at least um hopefully (laughs) but yeah i do think their heart is in the right place hopefully they can back up by putting these devs in positions to create that content hopefully they can back it up by making the content worth you know consuming that makes a lot of sense and you made you raised a really good point there about having to admit that your cash cow is kind of bleeding you know like to your investors in the first quarter of all quarters, you know, cause like that's the, yeah. yeah, that's scary. I mean, I just, I just wanted to pick up one, one more point about what I said when he was talking about Colento's interview, please. It just, it made me think Colento was over there in his house just thinking like, what am I going to say? And then he it hit him. It hit him. He was like, how people still be playing Odd Rogue even though they nerfed Cold Blood? <laughs> it's 2019! <laughs> right? <laughs> you, yeah. t- you take Baku out the deck and you add Waggle Pick. Yeah, sorry. Right? right? Sameness. I'm glad you said that. One, one more point that I wanted to interject that you made me think of, Eric, was that, um, you know, it the difference with, I guess, with what we're talking about here, though, is that they're talking about replacing what is primarily a player versus player game either in arena mode or even tavern brawl or, or on the ladder or the wild ladder, whatever it is, it's a player versus yeah. player game. And they're trying to replace the player versus player content with, with PVE content, which is fun, but you know, you can't do the things in PVE that you can do. You can't take those to any other competitive format. So yeah. there's, there's like a translation loss there that like, I, I like that they're adding something new to the game because games that have a strong PVE experience tend to have a strong PVP experience. So I, I get that, or a, or a stronger PVE, or PVP uh, 
um, base as well, right? And you see that with like with WoW. WoW has a WoW had a really strong PvP experience because they had a massive PVE successful experience, right? Um, but the difference is, is this game came out first. It would be like it would be like retrofitting a game like Overwatch with a complete um, PVE um, campaign. That'd be fun for yeah. a while, but eventually you want to do the PVP thing. So as long as they're doing this to support that and give you something to do to, as a break and not that, oh, this is the direction they want to take it in, because then we're going to see the PVP experience, which what the game is at its heart. What the, yeah. what the game is at its heart is a PVP game. Um, we might see that suffer. So that's just one last point I wanted to make. Isn't that Blizzard's model, though, and hasn't it always been PVP? Like, I mean, look at look at Diablo, look at Hearthstone, mm-hmm. look at World of Warcraft, look at, like, that's overwatch that's their whole thing do they know how to do environment well enough to make to translate hearthstone into a primarily casual solo player game and that's the thing you you talk about like like where blizzard really shined against some of the glory years were like warcraft through warcraft 3 that Mm -hmm. was those those campaigns are are iconic legendary Um, yeah yeah, exactly that's the base none of this would exist if those didn't really take off the way they did um so that's the tough thing. You know the talent is there, or was there, I should say, but there have been, you know, there's changes in management. There's a partnership with Activision that I think, we haven't really touched on this much, but I think yeah. that is very clearly, not clear, I should say, but I, I think we could all take a stab and say that that is influencing things one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say for the negative. And and so, yeah, there's there's this idea that they can do it, and I always have rose colored. Even in this conversation, I'm like, you know what? I think Blizzard's going to pull out of it. I think that they're so talented in what they've done that they can. Um, but those, are, that's just purely because of the goodwill they've built up from me as a fan. So, but I agree. I share the same sentiment because I, I, you know, Blizzard's one of those companies, along with a few other companies, where you know they've they've proven themselves to me enough over decades to where I, you know I give them the benefit of the doubt until they prove me wrong. So I have this hope, but it's kind of our job. As 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 casters and as 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 um, you know, host on this show to be objective and to look at all the angles and because we love this game to be critical of it because we love it we want it to thrive and survive and we want and sometimes that means asking hard questions and making sure that that um, that we are being honest about it to help ensure the survivability of something that we love because I want to be playing this game in ten years I love this game mm-hmm. um, and, and so. Uh, you know that's why that's why I I care about this kind of conversation because if yeah. if if the things that support the thing that I love f- fall apart they're going to stop putting money into it. Oh. and I yeah anything else, fellas? Yeah. If it stops playing, I'm stopping playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll just play vanilla WoW. It's fine. Everything right. will be. <laughs> well, all right then. Well, I think I think then we can uh, probably move on into the uh, to the ten minute meta uh, ten minute meta review here. Um, where this is a this is a segment where we just take a few moments and we look at where the meta has been over the last week. Um, we throw some information at you to kind of give you an idea of what it looks like, and then we talk about what we think uh, we might see moving forward. So, um, most of us, uh, uh, most of you listening to this channel, probably play quite a bit of uh, some form of competitive Hearthstone. But for for the sake of this ten minute meta, we focus primarily on the standard ladder. Standard ladder. Um, so I pulled some numbers over the last week um, as far as um, what the tier deck lists have looked like and what the win rates and the play rates have those decks have been. And currently, um, surprise, surprise, I actually left show notes in, in notes from last week. And the two show notes from the last week that we had, or two of the show notes that we had, were Rogue is the most popular 
uh, it's been since release, and it's also the strongest, which it's slightly less strong than it was last week, but it's still very strong. Um, and that Rogue, Warrior, and Hunter dominate the ladder in both win rate and popularity. And what you're going to find is that the numbers that I'm going to give you kind of support that that is still true. So when we look at the um, the tier lists right now, there, there, there's a tier one and tier two are the lists I'm going to focus on right now. And as it stands, there is one tier one de- deck right now, which may surprise some of you if you've been playing the, the ladder a lot. You probably think it would be Temple Rogue or perhaps Control Warrior or maybe Bomb Hunter or, or some version of Mech Hunter. But um, the... Uh, the um, sorry, the uh, the truth of the matter is, is actually Secret Hunter, and we're going to get into that here in a little bit more as to why that is. But when you look at the win rates of the decks right now, and and, and the tiers that they're at, the win rates are almost exactly the same. Um, so you have tier one, only one deck, which is Secret Hunter. You have tier two, you have multiple decks in there. But in order, it's next is Temple Rogue, next is Control Warrior, next is Token Druid, next is Mech Hunter. Does that surprise any of you guys? No. Yeah. Does that sound like the same conversation we were having over the last two or three episodes? Oh, I thought you were actually just listening to what I said in your in your monitor. <laughs> that wasn't just a recording of you saying that, right? That was actually live. Next after that, we have Mechathune Warrior, Murloc Shaman, Dragon Mage, <laughs> Bomb Warrior, and Zoo Warlock. That rounds out the ne- the top ten decks in the, the top two tiers. Interestingly enough, though, Temple Rogue is still second from the top, but the win rates of these, I'll just go over the top five decks right now, are um, Secret Hunters at a 54% win rate, Temple Rogue's at a 52% win rate, Control Warriors at a 52% win rate, Token Druid's at a 52% win rate, and Mech Hunter is at a 52% win rate. So these these win rates are very, very close. And this isn't a small data sample. This is um, over a million and a half games. So yeah. these are pretty big numbers. And what it says is we're looking at the same numbers that we had last week. And now, Week four is typically where the meta starts to settle. Um, these numbers indicate, as we were talking about before the show started, that the meta has been settled, and it doesn't look like it's going to get shaken up too much anytime soon. Um, but even though these are the kind of win rates and the tiers of the decks, um, I wanted to throw the, the the play rates of these decks into um, the conversation as well, because the play rate data is interesting. Temple Rogue is not the top deck, and it only has a 52% win rate on average. Now that's a conglomerate of all of the various lists of Temple Rogue that are being playing. So there's there's some variance um and this list is including um legend through rank five. So the top one and a half percent or so of players playing the game right now. Um but Temple Rogue is twenty nine and a half percent of wow. the decks being played right now at rank five to legend. 29.5%. That's absolutely insane. And the higher you go up, the higher that number goes. In At rank yeah. 1 and at rank and at legend, the numbers are... Let me get the exact numbers here. The numbers are at legend, it's 31%. And at rank 1, it's 34%. And at rank 2, it's 33%. So the higher you go up, the higher those numbers go up. Even though it's, um, it's not the highest win rate deck. It's still extremely popular. Yeah. The next... Most played deck is Control Warrior at thirteen and a half percent, which is a huge drop off. Wow. Yeah, and then the next rate, out, next deck after that is Mech Hunter at eleven percent, and then the next deck after that is Dragon Mage at eight percent. But you see, based on the numbers I just gave you, some quick head math tells you that almost two thirds of the decks being played are Temple Rogue, Control Warrior, wow. and Mech Hunter, which is insane. Absolutely, those are just insane. archetypes. Like that doesn't include Bomb Warrior and like Midrange Hunter and all of that, right? Correct. 
Um, okay. Token Token Druid, Bomb Warrior, and Midrange Hunter are the next three most played decks at rank yeah. five and above, and those are all at four percent. So one in twenty games is a Bomb Warrior, Token Druid, or a Midrange Hunter, and then the Zulok rounds out the the top of the list at three percent. So. Um, oh. If you're having any experience where you're playing any deck other than Temple Rogue, Control Warrior, or Mech Hunter more than once in 10 games, you are an anomaly. And the <laughs> algorithm is out to get you. <laughs> um, wow. So what's the answer, guys? What's the answer, right? There's rock, paper, scissor thing going on because we know what's going on here. Like Temple Rogue is at the top of the meta and Control Warrior is right behind it. Why is Control Warrior right behind it? X? Oh, because it beats Rogue. Bingo, right? And why is <laughs> Mech Hunter right behind those two? Eric? Because it beats... No. Yeah, no, no. X has got it. It can be. It can take on both of them. Right. So that's why we see this. We see this clear rock paper scissors of of these three decks, right? And Dragon Mage is in there because it, it's kind of like Mech Hunter, where it can beat the top two decks, but you know, also gets crushed by more aggressive decks. Um, so that's an overview of the meta. It's almost identical or very, very similar stat wise and structure wise as it was last week. So what's the answer? You know, last week we talked about about. Um, about I think it was Dragon Mage is what we talked about being the uh, or was it was it um, oh, yeah. Cadgar Mage which is basically Cadgar, just a, yeah. it's a different version of the same thing but some variation of Cadgar um, kind of was the answer and we saw that rise we saw it come to be the fourth most played deck um, yep. because it was a good counter to what we're seeing um, so along the same lines we want to kind of give you an answer if you're getting frustrated with these decks and a lot of people have been playing a lot of these decks. Um, it's you know sixty percent of a million and a half games on this segment. That's seven hundred thousand games. <laughs> That's a huge number, right? Um, mm-hmm. This week's or this um, uh, this week, I would suggest that you look at playing. Let me get rid of these and bring the desk li- deck list up here. See, let me get the right one. Um, uh, Secret Hunter. Secret Hunter is the deck right now that is um, kind of the counter to most of the common decks that are in that top 10 deck list that I was talking about, specifically the top four or five. All right, let me give you some numbers real quick to support why this particular list, which has a 58% win rate um, across all of those ranks, is kind of a go-to default list. If you want to grind one deck, this is kind of the deck right now to do it with. And we saw that as reflected as it's the tier one deck right now. And why is that? It's got a 54% win rate against Bomb Hunter, which is an advantageous coin flip, right? Um, it, against virtually any mage being played right now, its lowest win rate is 58%. Its highest win rate um, is 74%. And that's including the various Cadgars and the various like tempos and things like that. Um, against Rogue, it's 61%. That's huge. You've got a deck that can beat Rogue, the number one most played deck on the ladder. It's two out of three games, or a third of the games you're going to be playing, and it's going to win two out of three of those. Even that alone. I mean, you could theoretically play nothing but Rogue and, and get the Legend in you know 40 games or whatever. Um, and it's 65% to 74% against all other Rogues being played. So if you're running into Miracle Rogue or you know some sort of like Togwaggle Rogue or something, this beats those decks better than two-thirds or three-quarters of the time. Zulok, it's 60%. Murloc Shaman's 54%. Against Control and Big Shaman, it's 70% against those decks. Um, yeah, and then Control Warrior, Bomb Warrior, it's 58 and 55% against those decks. And Mechathune Warrior, it's a whopping 68%. And Mechathune Warrior is important to note because Mechathune Warrior is the answer to Control Warrior. Like, it's just, yeah. it just wrecks Control Warrior. So if you're running into Mechathune Warrior on a regular basis, which I have been, this deck does well against that. So, so as you can see by these stats, it's a well-rounded deck that's positioned right now to kind of um, be a deck that you can ride 
um, on on the high ranking ladder right now. Guys, any thoughts mm-hmm. on that? Anything got thrown out there? Shock for me, honestly. Yeah. I think the biggest curiosity with this deck is how it's able to um, keep a sustained threat against Warrior. Um, like just say a straight up control warrior. Mm-hmm. Cause I know that was a bigger issue before with like a, with just other traditional secret decks, um, mm-hmm. secret hunter for last expansion, it would be, Hey, you know, you kind of have to rely on Rexar. You get Rexar, you win the game. But if you were to say, take Rexar to that equation, um, what's the, what's, what's kind of the, the reload that this deck really thrives on. Zuljian is, is probably the biggest answer in this deck because basically okay. you, you stall with this deck a lot and then use Zuljian to kind of push you ahead, but you have to time it well against their, against their That's brawl. Bad. But this deck wins against most of these controller decks just by playing aggressive. It's a mid-range deck, and you play it aggressively. And you use the value generation that you get from things like Secret Keeper uh, and Sunreaver Spy to just build a big board that they have difficulty dealing with. Because we know that Warrior runs out of steam. If you're putting two or three threats on the board at a time, they just run out of steam. And then once you've run out of steam, you use Zuljin to reload and then push, push it home. But by playing a Secret... In conjunction with Secret Keeper or Sun River Spy, and then coupling that with things like the um, like the um, um, uh, Mask Contender to get a little bit more value out of it, you're just putting so much stuff on the board that they have to play around that you can just kind of slowly but surely keep two or three consistent board uh, creatures on your board by protecting it with secrets that they can just constantly tick away at them. If you can keep their armor low, eventually you can make that push to win the game. Um, it can be a bit of a difficult fight against a controller. It is only a 55% win rate mm-hmm. but still it's a positive win rate and it's a deck that you can play in the meta right now and you have a good win rate against two of the hardest decks in the meta right now which is a 55 yeah. percent win rate against control warrior and a 61 percent win rate against rogue and the reason why it wins against rogue it's real real easy uh life drinker life drinker just gives it that little extra oomph to allow it to win um against uh, against Rogue by putting a little extra damage on board and a body and giving it a little bit of health, which buys you that little bit of time to where you can stabilize and then turn the, the game back in your favor. Okay. So Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, my, my biggest thing that I was... Because uh, usually in those long matchups, I usually expect to see like a Dire Frenzy come out, which mm-hmm. for anyone who's listening, a Dire Frenzy is not in this list. Nope. And it makes sense considering you are based around heavy secret usage and synergizing that with the minions that you do play. Uh, and the cards you should play as well. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting to know Zul'jin really can pack that punch to get over that final hurdle. Yep. Well, that's going to do it for uh, for the 10-minute minute for this week. So, guys, please go out, try Secret Hunter. Let me know how it does for you. I will post the deck code in chat right now while we move on to the next segment. Um, but I did want to, um, to, to, to say, hey, guys, hit us up. Let us know how that deck does because we always like that feedback. Um, with that, I think we can move on into the into the deck dive. Which is interestingly enough another hunter list this week, which right here is going to be bomb hunter this week. Um, X or, or uh, Rude, what do you guys want to talk about this deck list a little bit? Yeah, uh, oh, here X up to I'll give you the floor if you want it, but okay. Uh, bomb, yeah. bomb hunter is a deck. This is a list that I'm not familiar with, it runs a lot of interesting cards. Yes, and yes. as you guys know, when I say interesting, I mean, well, interesting cards um, <laughs> to where I would never run this list. But it's supposed to be an aggressive deck that hits people in the head. This had a very good win rate on uh, on 58%. HS Replay at 58%. It runs Defender of Argus. Yeah, that's another bad card that shouldn't be in here, as well as Whirl of Glider and Nine Lives. But this is the spicy and, and Mossy Horror. 
but this is the spicier list that uh, that we brought up for this this show. It's it's just a deck. You hit him in the head, and then you stop not hitting him in the head because the game's over. <laughs> uh, Eric, you you, su- you suggested this particular version I of the deck, did. Um, and I was very intrigued when you did because it is different than um, some of the more popular variations, like X was talking about. Well, you want to talk about why why you thought this list was interesting to talk about? Because it beat me on ladder. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, that makes sense. No, I get it then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, well, the first, and that was just the thing is like, I finally, I, I saw two Mossy Horrors come out and it was over the course of two nights. And I was like, okay, what's happening? And then the Defender of Argus as well. The Defender I took out of my Mech Hunter list, uh, or Bomb Hunter, I should say, just because it wasn't, it's just not the card. It's not, you don't want to invest four mana on that. Um, right. But it has, as we mentioned, a 58% win rate over, I believe it was 700,000 games. Mm-hmm. Is that too high? It, it's yeah. a big, it was a big number. It was a big number. Yeah. So clearly it's doing something right. Uh, where Bomb Hunter really thrives is going to be those matchups against Control Warrior and those matchups against Summoner Mage. Um, if you get a Venomizer going off against a Summoner Mage or if you get a, a Spider Bomb going off, it's just you do that once and you've, you've won the game. Right. No class has that kind of punch, I think. Um, the same way that this deck does. Uh, it's a list that I actually stopped running because I was running into some trouble with um, keeping up pressure against certain warriors, but I blame that more on myself than anyone else. I think the nine lives is also a very interesting kind of Mimi choice. It's something I took out of my main list, but for anyone who doesn't know, nine lives, three mana card, you discover a, um, a mech that, or is it just a death rattle effect? Oh yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a death rattle. You discover a death rattle effect, uh, or you discover a death rattle minion that died Correct. during the game. And then you can choose whichever one that you want. Then the death rattle effect goes off and you get that minion in back in your hand. Mm-hmm. So an interesting reload tool, which is probably why it had a, had a higher win rate, especially against warriors, I assume, is mm-hmm. just that little extra oomph um, that you could potentially have with like an Ursatron going off or something like that. Ursatron really is one of the biggest MVPs of this deck, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, just a fun list. Those bombs pop off. The Mossy Horror is there, usually to take out Rogue's little 1-1s one that it has on the board, or the 2-1s with the uh, Saucy Deckhand, and then you trigger your own bombs in the same breath. Pretty fun interaction. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where it's at. And Bomb Hunter as a whole really has been seeing it. It's it's kind of like the little brother of the meta right now. You... Right. And Bomb Hunter is right behind him saying, hey, I'm I'm gunning for you. It's the natural symptom of those two decks thriving is the fact that this one is starting to see its popularity rising. Right. Yeah. And Ryan. A lot of people have been talking about how much they love war gear. I think the true hero of this deck, I mean, aside from the Ursa Trine, as you pointed out, Rude, mm-hmm. is actually the replicating menace. I'd rather have replicating my mm. menace than the war gear. Because you know what? I love it when stuff gets left behind. Yeah. Um an interesting thing about this list is the inclusion of the mossy horror um and i think it, it's it's a it's a card that has been included in these a lot because people just don't have ways to f- seal the deal um with um with their bombs you know they rely on the bombs a lot yeah. to seal the deal uh to win the game you, know, you get them to like you know six eight life and then you mossy horror and you hear power and it's 10 damage to the face with with with, with flark and it's just a big it's a big burst finish at the end of the game um, but you don't see a lot. I don't run it in my version. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to feature this deck. Cause I was like, huh, here's a version of this deck that I would never run that has a very good win rate. Um, and we like to bring a little bit of a different spin on things to the show here, just to show you that you don't have to do everything that's considered meta. You don't have to do everything that's considered to be like the top tier version of a deck that there are reasons why, like in, in, in the right scenario, why a deck like this could shine over other versions. 
and and to not be afraid to experiment because somebody had to be the first to put Defender of Argus in here and there was a reason for it and it worked for a while or this deck wouldn't have gotten, you know, half a million plays or whatever it is. Yeah. So Yeah, the more and more I look at this list, it just wants to have the bombs do something. And that's that's kind of why you have Mossy, that's why mm-hmm. you have Defender, that's why you've got even the nine lives. I honestly would not be shocked to see a desperate nine lives getting thrown out. And bomb that was kind of, a fun card. That's kind of where I was going with this because it reminds me of the bomb the bomb warrior list that runs Sephorium. Like it takes yeah. what makes the deck strong to the max. And it's a very all in strategy. And if you can if you can get it off and you can win by, you know, turn six or turn seven because of Flarks with things like Mossy Horror, then you're in you're you're probably gonna be in good shape. It's a very I think it's a, it's a, a backdoor aggressive version of this list where it's gonna run out of steam or it's gonna get it's gonna get tripped up if you know you you top deck a, a, a defender of Argus on turn five, you're probably hurting. But uh, but if you can get all the synergies to work off in the way that you want, you can get a very aggressive finish because of the bombs. Uh, last question. What do both of you think about Oblivitron? I purposely chose a list that did not have Oblivitron because I did not want people to craft Oblivitron. <laughs> but what do you two think? In this deck, Yeah, in this deck it does not fit. <laughs> in this deck it doesn't fit. I'm still experimenting with it in various Mech Hunter decks. I know that another, um, another Hunter player that I, I talked to quite a bit, Sidious, um, he's experimenting yes. with index, but it belongs more in a it belongs more in a in a value oriented death rattle deck, yes. right? Where you get you know like the mechanical dragons, uh, and you can get those big seven sevens out. Um, it belongs more in a deck like that, or with more impactful, uh, or combined combined with more impactful death rattles like the spider bombs, but not in a deck list like this. It's too all in. It's 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 all in even more than playing the mossy horrors is all in. I, I just yeah. I don't like. It. And by the way. For me personally, I would consider experimenting with like a uh, with a Baron Geddon more than a, a Mossy Horror in this list. Or uh, ah, spicy Void Ripper. Void Ripper, yeah. If it's if it still existed, would be another great one as well. But still put it in there. Play Wild. Sander's not good enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, um, with that said, I think we can uh, we can we can just chug along here and uh, get into the coach's corner. Okay. So yeah, if we're if we're headed over into the Dun, 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 coach's corner can we do some sports center shit can we get just like can we dun, do dun, wow dun, dun, dun. <laughs> thank you this week in coach's corner x will be discussing how to mulligan so we talk about we talk a lot about well at least the very least today we talked a lot about numbers and percentages and what all this means i want to break this down a little further and teach you how to swing them ever in your favor so we were talking earlier uh specifically against control warrior the hunter deck that as chose a feature, the secret hunter had a 55% win rate over it. Well, that's assuming that both players are of equal skill level and equal fitness level and playing at their best and mulliganed correctly. So now one of these things that we mentioned in particular right here was just the mulligan itself. How do professional players mulligan? How do I mulligan? How do these nerds mulligan? Well, the first thing that they do is they look, they look across the table and they see what class they're playing against and they go, Another rogue. <laughs> and, um, and then they're able to try to infer what deck it is from there. So we're seeing 30% tempo rogues on the ladder. So we would assume almost always that it's going to be a tempo rogue. However, there is that one jerk playing Mally rogue. So you mulligan completely wrong and you lose to him every time. But it's still improper to mulligan against Mally rogue because 30% of the time you're going to be mulliganing against tempo rogue, for example. Now, in the case of mage... You could you either need to mulligan against Cadgar Mage or um, you know the the Cadgar 
Are they calling it Spell Mage now? Conjurer's Calling. Yeah. Yeah, the, the spell. The Big spell Mage? <laughs> you guys know what I mean. Versus the one with uh, the Rabble Bouncer and all and uh, all that. The Tempo the tempo Orient versus the Conjurer's Calling is kind of what I'm getting at. Right. Um, yeah. These mulligans are completely separate and you need to kind of evaluate what the other person is doing. Uh, have you played the other person before? How quickly they're making their mulligan and looking over their cards? Things are... Mm-hmm just going to be tips for you for how you should mulligan and once you make this decision you get to go on to step two yes we are only on step two of the mulligan process you need to identify your possible paths to victory against the opponent's deck that you identified so let's say you are playing against a tempo rogue and you're playing secret hunter well as what is the final turn of secret hunter against tempo rogue look like uh me conceding you conceding (laughs) okay so (laughs) Uh, it's either I'm, that or I would say it's either that or it's dropping a Zul Jin on the board or one of your high impact plays where you're yes. able to just flip the board around mm-hmm. yeah. because they're going to have it. And then as soon as you slip that rug front of their feet, they can never get it back. And you know this. So you so you need to look for the cards that allow you to maintain position on the board until you can get your higher value cards. Because on mm-hmm. average, your six plus mana cards are better than his six plus mana cards. So your goal is to extend the game with that, and you need to identify this on turn or before turn one, before you even choose what cards you need to mulligan. Step three. That's right. It's only step three. You decide how greedy you can be. So in the case, we'll continue Secret Hunter against Rogue. Yeah, Secret Hunter against Rogue. Well, you know that you can be extremely greedy with your mulligan for two reasons. One, you are a somewhat favored matchup. Well, they say very favored. I'm going to be real with it. It's a somewhat favored matchup. People who just play Rogue are bad. Uh, it's a somewhat favored matchup. And, oh, come on, Brain. You're not just going to give up on me now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because it's a somewhat favored matchup because you only have one one-drop, and the amount of two-drops you have is so prevalent. The two-drops are so prevalent in your deck because of how many secrets you're forced to run due to Subject 9 that you're never worried about throwing away all of your twos because you need to have your secret keeper you need to have your sun reaver spy and you need to have your mask contender and then matchup dependent probably rat trap or explosive trap um and as could give better information on that as well if you want to give them a follow and check them out tomorrow do it yeah uh, but yeah so and then so you need to make your judgment based off of that what your final turn looks like and what all the turns leading up to the going to look like for how greedy you can be do i need secret keeper to win do i ever win without secret keeper well not on the coin so i need to toss all four cards away hope to get secret keeper i don't care if i had the perfect turn two turn three turn four lined up if i don't play secret keeper on one i lose so i toss it all away means you have to be very greedy and how you you know that is is because you envision how your 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 turns all play out so exactly yeah so what one of the one of the the important things that you touched on here, and, and I want I really want to reiterate, is that part a part of a of a correct mulligan is is being diligent in taking your time and thinking about the information that your opponent is giving you, i.e. what deck they're playing is, especially at the lower ranks you go, the wider the, the variety is. So I, I I I pity people that are playing like rank twenty because it's really hard to figure out what your what your opponent is playing. But at rank five, it's if, if you're seeing a rogue, it's almost always. Temple Rogue. If you're seeing a warrior, it's almost always Control Warrior. If you're seeing a hunter, it's either Secret or Bomb, right? Uh, so you use that information, and then you 
you think, okay, this is what I have in my hand. What do I envision my victory condition looking like? And you dig for those things. Yeah. Inference. Inference is the name of the game. Making de- mm-hmm. making calculated uh, deductions based on the information you get. And you're constantly reevaluating throughout the game after that. But it all starts with the mulligan. A lot of times we think we've lost the game because of bad RNG or, or this, that, or the other thing. There are many times where I look back at a game and I go, yeah, this went sideways and that went sideways. And at the end of the day, though, I say to myself, I probably mulligan poorly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if you can if you can identify how you mulligan po- poorly and, and find ways to improve your mulligan choices, your win rate will go up. That's why you see pro players or, or people that stream a lot taking their time on their mulligan almost rarely unless it's like an automatic obvious pick. Almost never do you see uh, somebody mulligan quickly on stream or in a professional setting. And another another good point that I that I like to bring up when it comes to the mulligan process, it's it is your chance to clear your head. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you're playing Hearthstone, especially as a streamer, you just feel like you're getting beat up and beat up and beat up. You need to take that mulligan step to clear the last game out of your mind and prepare for the next one. That's why I like to take such a logical approach to the mulligan process, because it forces me to to step back and look at it objectively and figure out how I'm going to proceed forward. This also helps me deal with tilt. Mm-hmm. You have any, you have any thoughts on the mulligan process, Eric? I, as what were you just saying? <laughs> you were mentioning about, um, Oh, how you can lose the game from the mulligan. Mm-hmm. And I think honestly that both that and the tilt factor, I think are both some of the core things that probably aren't the most obvious about the mulligan. Um, there are so many times where you will, I mean, I'll even watch pros play, and I'll watch a way that a pro in a tournament mulligans a hand that may not have had the out-the-gate just oomph of a turn one, but it's a safe hand, and you think, you know what, I can I can get by in this game with this, and they'll dump all of it. They'll, they'll, they'll have, I wish I could have an example at the top of my head, but the amount of times I've really seen these really powerful openers get sent away because the pro knows not just their conditions, but the opponent's conditions mm-hmm. and how they have to react with both of those factors involved. It's nuts. There's so many times. There's times I was watching Worlds. I'm like, how do you mulligan that? How do you get rid of that? Um, right. Which just goes to show that that uh, the higher that you go in Hearthstone, the, the skill levels are just nuts. But you see people... Yeah. Anyway, so just like... I think a lot of the people who do mention that there's nothing they could have done about the way a game went, um, I think one of the first places you can start is evaluating your mulligan. And go mm-hmm. to things like HearthstoneReplay.net and look at the cards on the deck that you're playing. Look at their win rate when played. Look at their win rate when kept. That sort of thing. Or when um, drawn, yeah. And when drawn, exactly. And then sort of evaluate your plays off of that for a day even. Just say, you know what, I'm just going to play normals today. That may not be the best because you run into normals and who knows what you're going to see at the same time. But maybe you don't care about your rank for a day. You just say, you know what, I'm just going to grind out some games with this information in mind and and try to... Try to work that. You may not have the best correlation to it. You may end up having bad games. Um, but it's an education, one. And two, statistically, you really shouldn't. And it's hard to to take one-offs and say that that's the, the full case. So, so yeah, really take some time to do that. And I think you'll be surprised on how well the outcome can, can be for you and how much you can learn. Yeah. yeah and, oh, go for it. I was just going to say, uh, the pros uh, or the streamers are not being bitter, cynical, or complaining when they when they have a, when they mulligan, especially when they mulligan hard for something and they say, "Well, I just lost." Um, it's that's that sometimes can come off as like them being snide, but a lot of times they're just acknowledging the fact that that they're mulligan when they try to mulligan for something in particular and they don't get it. It's such an important aspect of the game that um, that when they don't get the thing that they need. 
that they just know that statistically they are very, very disadvantaged, right? And that's not a reflection of them being bitter. It's a reflection of them understanding how important correct mulliganing and the correct start to the game are. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And the, the, I think the biggest thing that we can take away from today's coach's corner is that if for no other reason the mulligan is important because that's the only decision point you have if you're one of the one-third of the people on the ladder playing Rogue. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Well done. <laughs> well done. Well done. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Another episode of The Coach's Corner. We'll have some of soon. I want you to come in in like a boxer's robe or something. You got the hood over your head. Oh, my God, right, yeah. Walking out to some music. Like a checkered suit. Yeah, just like I got my Twitch hoodie handy if that'll help. Nice, Easy. I like it. Now cut the sleeves off. Oh. <laughs> oh man, well yeah, let's uh, let's transition this towards you know what we like to call the. Uh, I'll just we'll call it the close for today, but we have a little bit of time where we're going to address some of the things we brought up earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, first and foremost is going to be the Twitter poll that I mentioned at the very very beginning. Thanks to my co-host being so kind to remind <laughs> me. Um, we'll see. Turn tune in next week to see what happens. Um, but again, anyone who doesn't know, every week on the Eternal Orbit Twitter account, we post a um, a poll gauging how people either think or feel or, or have experienced whatever we're asking about. Um, this week's question. How often do you play Hearthstone single-player content? It was kind of because the whole solo content is going to be coming very soon to Hearthstone. Um, And we've had some really... Again, I'm still kind of just shocked by the results at this point, but I'll read them out for everyone. Right now, we're at... uh, The options here were, do you play single-player content weekly, a few times a month, every few months, or every six months or more? Um, So weekly right now is sitting at 10%, which even that I'm surprised by, to be honest. I was expecting maybe one vote, Um, (laughs) but even that would have surprised me. So to have such a high, I don't know, that's double, right? 10% is just two people? Correct. Um, Yeah, exactly. Good job. Twice what I expected. (laughs) Um, We've got 25% of people saying a few times a month, which even that's a little shocking, to be honest. but it makes sense. I think a few people probably, especially if you have quests and things like that, which I should have worded the poll this week a little bit better to say just for entertainment versus obligation. Um, but I think they're, I'm not surprised that a few people do do it a few times a month. Next up, 10% of people said every few months, which really was surprising for me. I thought the 25 and the 10 would be flipped, those most recent ones we just went over. And then finally, one I'm not surprised by, 55% of people said every six months or more. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. So yeah, again, this was influenced not just by the fact that Hearthstone is coming out with new content, but our thoughts on how replayable has the content that they put out already been, and and you know how engaging has it been to folks. So as you can kind of tell, fifty five percent of people six months or more. Um, that means that the engagement rate is not very high. Yeah. When did I did you guys vote? Guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, first thing I want to note on there is that 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 twenty. 20 votes is actually the most we've had on any of our polls so far. So we had quite a bit of feedback on this, a pretty big sample size. And with such a wide range of options, um, that's I feel pretty good about that. I know that for me personally, I voted uh, a few times a month. Um, I know that when, when, when these things are new, I play a lot more. But it gets old. It gets old. There's only so many times you can do a dungeon run or a, a, a rumble run where you're just like, okay, it's more, it's kind of more, kind of more the same, right? And I just want to go play yeah. arena or something. 
so I, I, that number for me, though, is flexible. Like I said, if this content is as truly replayable as they say it's going to be, I know it's going to go up for me. But I'm not surprised to see the numbers because I think people, I think lar- by and large, I think I'm just a reflection of what most people experience, what most people's experiences. They do it once or twice or how many times they have to do it to unlock the card back reward or whatever the reward is. And then they just yeah. kind of go, I might play it again once in a blue moon if I'm bored or, you know, don't want to play on ladder while I'm sitting on the bus. Um, other than that, though, it's just kind of like, a thing that they forget about. Yeah, I play I play the solo content a lot. I don't like monster. I, I said it earlier. I don't like Monster Hunt. I do like I do like Raskans. I did not like Boomsday. I did Boomsday not like the Puzzle play. Lab. And if you like, you would think someone like me who's like that's kind of my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love solo player content that would fit right together. That just. I, that just goes to prove Azrael's point. It's like when the stuff comes out and there's a lot of hype, There's it's fun because you want to be part of that group collective experience. Yeah. But then for most everybody, it falls off. I, I'm so surprised to see that most people voted every four to six months. And I was even more surprised to see that you thought more people would have voted that way, dude. How'd you uh, vote? Honestly and truthfully. So I voted for, um, I was part of the 10% of every few months. When I'm playing, it's always Dungeon Run. Dungeon Run, in my opinion, is the best currently available solo content so they too. have. Monster Hunt is way too similar, but not in a fun way. <laughs> it's stripped <laughs> down, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah, and everything else. Boomsday, I agree right there with X. I didn't think Boomsday's um, event was, was anything to write home about either. I actually just didn't finish it because I was like, well, it's not good when you're when you're in the middle of it and you're just like, you know what, I just, I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, so sure. uh so yeah wholeheartedly here for dungeon run i end up playing it if i'm at like a doctor's appointment i'm like you know what i want to mm-hmm. i want to sit down and do something but i, I don't want to be committed to an actual game so so it's nice for that and i think it has that's by far the most replayable mm-hmm. we had talked earlier golden centers really will be the way that they want to address replayability i think it unless they come out with like their own slay the spire or something and there's just like like we don't realize how much they mean by like high replayability kind of new new solo content we um, didn't talk about that i'll tell you right now if they came out with like a slay the spire version of solo player because i love slay the spire slay the spire is a very fun game i can sit down yeah. and play slay the spire over and over and over again there's been a few times in recent months where i've been stuck in an airport three times now <laughs> i've been stuck in an airport <laughs> overnight and uh in the last six months where slay the spire like got me through yeah. it. It's just, it's just, if they came up with a single player version of that and even put like microtransactions into like unlock more content for it. Oh, I would be all over that. Oh my God. Yeah. I would love that. Now that's, that's make, the model. Yes, I agree. If they made, if they made that slay the spire model for Hearthstone and put it on mobile. Oh, oh man. Game oh, over. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. Can we, isn't it from blizzard? <laughs> Yeah, one of the um, 18 viewers right now, are one of you guys a Blizzard executive, high-ranking Blizzard exec? Well, you are, I did, I did kind of call out some of the high-ranking Blizzard execs last week. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had a, I should have clipped that, and I should have that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clip that in the future. I'm going to have it on a button on my deck lab. Like, boom, and it's just going to take over the screen. It's going to be you calling out Ixar. <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh you need God. to share it with the box wine. He would love it. He loves yelling at XR. He doesn't even play Hearthstone oh, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <He's yelling at> <laughs> yeah, mid Apex game, just shouting XR. XR! <laughs> uh, you never know, though. It could, hey, it could be a cool thing. Blizzard just, that's the thing. Blizzard has like the, the kind of that, that in them to really surprise people and that yeah. kind of flavor to, to really 
pack a punch that, hey, maybe they'll come out with something really cool like that. But that's what they would have to do. Otherwise, even if they just brought out another adventure and had wings, um, outside of the fact that they've done a really good job in their in their kind of adventures with, I, I think, at least the production of it all, I really like the whole interaction of doing the Lich King yeah. um, with Nice of the Frozen Throne and all the voiceover lines. I had a yeah. lot of fun with the... Um, League of Explorers one where it's Harrison Jones and just like they do a really good job of like voice lines and getting you part of this whole flavor of of you, uh of the environment that you're in and everything. It's all very well done. So And you play it through once and then you never touch it again. Exactly. So but you're gonna have to work on that, Blizz. Man, it, it, I'm now now I've kind of I've kinda of got myself excited. I hope I'm not setting myself up for disappointment. But if this is if this they're being so hush hush about this, because this is gonna be like, you know, Blizzard's version of Slay the Spire, I'm gonna lose my shit. I'm gonna be so I, excited! Oh my god! Like I like that might be I might more sp- spend more time streaming that than actual ladder play because <laughs> that's think, like super exciting. Not to pop the bubble or anything, but there is a lot of information about what this game mode will entail. The oh, replayability, um, I'll go into it slightly, is the fact that I think there's going to be so many available characters to play with so many different abilities. Ah, um, I see. Yeah, Even that, we'll, though, we'll share in the DM exactly right. We'll share in the DMs kind of because this is what we're gonna be talking about next week as well. Teaser. Um, but yeah, exactly. We'll just go with our idea of Slay the Spire and see what they can do. I'm going to get myself excited because I love getting super disappointed when um, <laughs> a game company lets me down. I'm looking at you, Beth uh, Bethesda and Fallout 76. Uh, <laughs> Rest in peace. Oh, man. Again, it's such high hopes. But anyway, well, guys, I... Um, Thanks. I think we had a. I think we had a really good discussion today. I really enjoyed um, diving into... To, um, to especially the... I love. I was talking about this with X before before the show today. I love having deep discussions about um, aspects of the game that people don't talk about very much, uh, especially from like a learning standpoint. So the opportunity to dive into something as that seems like so mundane as 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 uh, as the Mulligan, like that kind of stuff, really excites me. So I really appreciated uh, getting yeah. a chance to do that with you guys, and um, yeah. I think we had a really good a really good show, and I appreciate you guys uh, guys doing this and the viewers at home for being here with us. We will be back again uh, next week at this time, Wednesday, nine p.m. Pacific. Excuse me, nine p.m. Eastern, six p.m. Pacific, right here for episode. Can you guys believe it? we didn't even really talk about this? We're on episode ten, double yeah, digits. Double digits. Yeah, we'll be on episode eleven next time. I know, and hopefully we'll have some solo content. If you know who am I kidding? We're gonna we're gonna talk about the announcement <laughs> of the announcement of the preview of the solo content until then though i'm Azrael as it gets signing off um on another episode of the orbit with as always my co-host exiles rhythm and rude clouds thank you so much for joining us we will see you next time right back here until then have fun and see you around goodbye bye the merch